0: Welcome Welcome
1: to to Open House. House. The podcast all about having those difficult conversations.
0: Ever had to hash out funeral plans with your terminally ill mum? Or ask if your dad is really your dad? We have and we want to chat all about it. Join me, Clancy. And me,
1: Mel, as we open up and get into some nitty gritty details. Like therapy, but cheaper. This is Open House. Hello everyone. Hiya. And welcome to this week's episode of Open House. Um
0: it's a good one. It's a very good one. Um but before we kick off with the episode we have some parish notices. Um first of all Bojo has just announced that we're going into a second nationwide lockdown. So we just want to say it's a super stressful time. I'm really anxious about the whole thing. I don't know how you're feeling Mel, but I am shit scared mm. about not having contact with anyone else but you. <laughs> rude okay all right good to know what um, our relationship sounds no stands. no Thank just you. about just about being uh oh, it's so it's such a oh, it's such it a stressful find time in a yeah, small space exactly. but obviously for the purpose
1: of hopefully making things better it's hard yeah it's
0: hard but we just want to say please reach out to the people around you um and to there are loads of great mental health charities we'll we'll compile a little list and pop yeah, on socials um, um, but yeah those who you think
1: might need to reach out, do that to them, friends, family, etc. And yeah,
0: yeah. Um, the next thing is speaking of um, like giving a helping hand. Um, we're doing a quiz. Yeah, we are. Not another one. Oh. An- another. I've Zoom not been quiz. To, I
1: did not do a, a Zoom quiz ever in did lockdown. Did not? Sorry to my family. <gasps> I said that I would, but I didn't. It just I just no. But ours. On the, other, on the other hand, you should all do. It's going to be wonderful.
0: Absolutely. I'm not a hypocrite at all. No. Um, so it's Quiz Out to Help Out on Wednesday, the 4th of November at 8pm. You can do it anywhere in the world because it's on Zoom. That is 8pm GMT. Absolutely. And the theme is festival, so it should be really fun. Bring your wellies and your headgear. Um,
1: I would also like to make a note that... Um, during this episode I said LGBTQ plus as the acronym for um, the community and I want to make sure that everybody is included in that and want to make sure that everybody f- yeah, feels included and feels welcome so I apologise for my abbreviation of the acronym that should be LGBTQIA plus to include everybody in um, in what I say there. So yeah, that's my apology. Um, and
0: yeah, hope that makes sense. Absolutely. And just another note, we talk in this episode with Mon about periods and endometriosis and the experience of uh, people with uteruses. And we want to say we were quite binary with our language around periods. So another apology there. Um, and we want to say now that when we talk about periods, we know that not all women have periods and also that Not all people who have periods are women. Um, So, should we crack on the episode? Let's do it. Enjoy. We are so, so pumped. I feel like I'm going to say that every week, but I'm pumped every week. But (laughs) I'm especially pumped this week. Because we've got um, Mon in our... Kitchen living room space. <laughs> um, go on, Melly. introduce okay. our fabulous guests.
1: So Mon is a long distance runner, a DJ, a radio producer and presenter, all of the things. Um, she created Don't Touch My Hair, which is a show on Foundation FM, and is part of a running collective called Tempo based in Southeast London, which is a collective that's sort of outside of the club scene. And she also wants listeners to know that she loves casual snacks.
0: <laughs> Love Thank you so much for coming. I feel like we've gotten the formalities out of the way. We can just relax now and chat can, now. Chill. Yeah.
1: Sure. <laughs> Thanks. Now we've got Hi. casual snacks out of the way. Yeah,
2: just saying. That's why right. there's these good green olives and crisps on the table. Yes, and, and Sam Pellegrino.
1: And we did have and the Linton. option
0: of... Olives with chili, but we weren't mm. we weren't sure of your preferences. I mean, spice it up, yeah. So We went for yeah. we went for the same like olives with option. garlic. Yeah,
1: mm. I think it's always. always I do
2: you know? Love garlic.
0: Well, I don't know. Yeah. Am I regretting it now?
2: Well, no. I think they're both great options. I, I love garlic just as much as I love chili. So, yes. Only <laughs> <Yes. Certainly laughs>
1: we would have known. Only
0: we would have known. Um, so. We're going to play a game. Is that cool? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot. (laughs) I was going to
1: warn you about this, but then I thought, no, spontaneity Ah! is key. (laughs) Um,
0: So this is because, obviously we went to drama school and we play loads of silly games, like to get to know everyone. Yeah, to break the ice. So we want to play Two Truths and a Lie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we would love it if you could tell us Two truths and a lie. I feel like we should do it too. Yeah, we should probably Um, at some point. Two truths and a lie and uh, we will try and guess.
1: Which one is your truth? So I lived in Germany for two
2: years. I was on Blue Peter when I was in year five. Or I, oh wait, what was the last one? Oh yeah, Um, I'm obsessed with the royal family.
0: Oh, okay. I'm gonna say the last one just I'm because gonna you say don't seem like the person who, who would be, be obsessed it, with the monarch. The monarch king. Yeah. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> wrong.
1: Yeah.
2: It was actually I lived in Holland for two years, but uh, I just mixed it up and said
1: German. That's so cool. That is very cool. Where Where did you live? Nijmegen.
2: My dad worked out there um, when I was like six till I was eight. Oh wow. Um, so did you like go to school there? And yeah, I, there? I was fluent for my age at the time. <gasps> Um, and like I just love the vibes out there every time we go back to Amsterdam I'm like I could just live here yeah, <laughs> that's lovely also I am obsessed with the royal family but like not in a creepy way as in like I just follow them a lot on Instagram and now it's gotten to the point where it shows me like the Russian SARS and like everything about
0: <gasps> Queen Victoria and I'm like ooh I know all these facts have about have watched the crown in completion. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, I was like, no, she she won't like the monarchy. I love, <laughs> I love how you can make generalizations about someone so quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I was just like <laughs> general
1: level judging you yeah. so much right now. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: apologize.
1: I've got so many facts about
2: Queen Victoria and haemophilia, but anyway, that's for another time. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. be D. fair, I recently, like <laughs> Prince Charles. Prince Charles. Have you seen his fingers? As well as well. What? No. They're so podgy. They're like sausages. <laughs> I think he's got kidney
1: problems. I've concluded. Um, anyway. This is so interesting. <laughs>
0: Literally spin-off podcast <laughs> with molly the royal family.
2: Mm,
0: okay. okay, I am super pumped um, to get on to your first difficult conversation. Mm. Um, oh, yes. Which is uh, coming out to your family at 18. Well, yeah. Woo. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad.
2: Um, it kind of was just like... I was like, go. It was the summer that I was going to uni, and I was like, I don't know what uni's going to entail. Like, let's just be like open. And my mum's white and like English, but she's not religious. Like, I knew she had quite liberal views on stuff. Um, mm. Even though she's not, she's not as like forward thinking as as time gone on has gone on. I've been like, oh, you need to educate yourself, woman. Um, but like, but like in a, in a good way. She's always she's always like open minded, but kind of narrow minded because she's just a bit uneducated on topics like mm. she would never be like ew no but she kind of just says the wrong things I'm like mum you can't say that now but yeah um no um so it, it kind of was on my mind for a bit because I kind of was aware of my sexuality from about 14 I reckon but I definitely suppressed it for like a like two years I was like I'm fine and all and all the girls were like oh my god one direction and I'm like oh, I'm just gonna go play football like what, what's going on um And, like, it's not like I was in a a relationship with anybody because, like, I always thought to myself when I was younger, like, maybe, like, 15, 16, like, oh, I'll just tell my mum when I get a girlfriend or whoever I want to see or whatever. Um, But I was, like... Fuck it, excuse my language. I'd been working at Chester Racecourse in the summer, which is the worst thing to do. Don't ever do it, because <laughs> hospitality is a bitch. It at, is, yeah. also Chester Racecourse is a, a lot. lot. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> so anyway, like obviously I'd just finished my A-levels and it was all the, like, like going out on Saturday nights so with my friends would go to a club called Rosie's. Don't go there. Oh my gosh, stop. That's where my parents met. <laughs> was it? No. They, oh my gosh, yeah. they
0: met in Rosie's, wow. Yeah. Is that like meeting at Belushi's? Uh, <laughs> kind, kind kind of, of. I'm trying to get like a London equivalent What's There the, is no London, there's equi- no London equivalent <laughs> No, to you can't yeah, <laughs>
2: Anyway, um, So my mum picked me up And I was going out with my friends My friend lived like quite central And like I was like right, I'm late for pre drinks Let me just down a bottle of rose Because at the time <laughs> that was what I could do I don't condone drinking that much Nor do I drink that much at all now Because of health issues But I did it and I was just, it was in my mind all day and I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna tell my mum. And I was like, mum. She was like, what's wrong with this child? (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, too drunk. I was like, I think I'm gay. Like, I'm not sure, but maybe I am. Like, I was, I just was too scared. And she was like, I know already, you never look right in dresses. And I was like, oh, I was like, all these I was stressing myself out. She knew and then assaulted me. And I only just wore my like Levers ball dress a few weeks ago. I was like, what about now? It's like, no, you don't really need to suit them. I was like, and I was like, oh. and I was like, oh. I was, like oh. I was like, Are you are you okay yourself? Like, oh, of course. And my sister was like, We all knew. What you, what, you? and I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Um <laughs> so like it was fine, but like my parents had separated, and my dad's from like Jamaican culture, and like some of his like Relatives in his family are very loud about being homophobic or like, mm. you know, one of my uncles was like, lesbians only exist for the the purpose of men to enjoy themselves or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. One of those guys Like, yeah, not, women shouldn't play football. Like he's very backwards, let's just say, not just a yeah, bit of an idiot. He won't hear this anyway. He doesn't follow me on any social medias.
0: I find that so <clears> alarming, <throat> like yeah. that people can be still be so blatantly. Yeah yeah homophobic yeah. yeah
2: so like I I didn't I was really anxious about telling my dad because of that and like he I didn't and then the thing was my mum was fine with it so that wasn't a difficult com- conversation the difficult conversation was the fact that my mum decided to tell my dad because she felt like she needed to tell somebody and I was like one that's not for yeah. you to tell I'm telling you something confidence yeah. Two the reason I haven't told my dad, which is something that you've taken away from me now, like, I, I don't mind him knowing, but it's for me to say, like, I didn't know how he was going to react, of course, like, obviously, he's your, they're your parents, but at the end of the day, they're still their own people, and with my dad's views on certain certain things, like, at one point, he was a Trump supporter, and I was like, have you looked in the mirror? like, oh <laughs> Like, are you sure you're okay? I was like, if he'd have decided to, you know, disown me, like, some people go through that would have been on you and like my dad does still have weird views about it and my mum the conversation I had with my mum was like oh I'm really sorry and I'm like this isn't this isn't just like something that you can just share with people and she did it a few times like with my older brother and then to my uncle and auntie and I'm like this is an issue like it's not an issue because I know all these people are fine with me and they Mm -hmm. love me for who I am but the issue is that you're like like going against me and like i'm losing trust every time you do that and it's really hard to yeah
1: and also people that aren't who aren't part of the LGBTQ plus community or people that aren't Mm. that don't have that experience it's all well and good for them Mm. to sort of start sharing this information and news without the knowledge that it could realistically quite negatively affect affect the person in question yeah they don't know 100 percent. and it was such a big Deal for me now, like obviously, I'm openly talking about this
2: because I'm in a completely different situation now. But at the time, I was from Chester, a very small white what? community <laughs> where you know you are the minority. I was the minority in school, you know, that, like you know, I had hair problems, microaggressions, racisms throughout my whole life. And then I didn't have a community of people at the time. I had my friends who were f- at football, like in the Wirral, but was still young you didn't have your like family away from your family you know how you find that bond with the community mm. um so you know i then i went to uni down in cambridge and then came across to london and like for me now it doesn't even bother me but if you'd have asked me to have a conversation like this like four or five years ago i'd been like oh my god i'm gonna die like mm. but be, that's because now i've got a community of people around me that like love me for me for sure and aren't ever gonna turn against me for, like, how I feel towards people because I wouldn't be friends with those people. And also, because it's such a strong-knit community, I don't feel like I need anybody else anyway, so their opinions are invalid. Whereas, at the time, I was like, you're literally jeopardising stuff because
0: I don't know how these people, family members are going to feel. It's it's so funny. You don't think, like, away from a big city, giving away information like that is so high stakes. Mm. Whereas, like, because in London, it's like, amazing yeah great yeah like fantastic join yeah. the glittery like tribe yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like because everyone here like i mean you know not remotely kind of the same stakes or in the same like mm. light as that but i remember um because i'm originally from australia mm. and just in terms of fashion there's like a very specific trend yeah and what i loved about coming to london is you look around and everyone is allowed to just wear like you can Girl, i remember speaking to a friend of mine who was like oh no i wouldn't leave the house without makeup on <laughs> like oh fuck the oh, yeah. fuck off mm-hmm. like i mean you look on the tube and everyone is just doing their thing yeah. like exactly. you know yeah. but you don't i feel like i definitely take that for granted yeah
2: and it's it's incredible and like going back to like chester like you know i'll go on nights out here i'll wear my air force ones or like whatever nike shoes i want to wear Maybe, like, these nice joggers and then, like, a sports bra or, like, a vest, like, over that. And that's, like, you can get in anywhere. Chester, I... If you don't wear heels, they probably don't want to let you in. Oh, yeah. And I went out at Christmas just to a bar in Chester. And I had my Air Force on, some nice trousers and, like, a bralette or, like, a a prop top. And my friend, he had basically the same outfit but with a T-shirt on. But he was a boy. Yeah. And they were, like, you're not coming in. What? And at first... I was like, are they judging me because of my skin colour as well? Because that's what happens in Chester with it being quite white place. It's quite, the bouncers can be quite racist, let's just say. And um, then I spoke and I think it threw them off because my voice didn't match my image, if you get what I mean. And they're like, "Why, why is she that black girl in basically sportswear speaking like she's a white person. I'm like, there's no voice for how you sound for your colour. And I think like when it's a community, like like looking it back to like, you know, expression and gender expression, like it's such a small box that if you do fall outside these norms in such a small place, when you don't have your community, it can be very isolating and lonely. So like Mm. everything that, you know, the way my mum dealt with it herself because she felt like she needed to, um, kind of just put a lot at stake for me at the time especially being 18 and still at home for a few months yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. you've got that
1: summer yeah (laughs) to look forward to oh my gosh yeah Yeah. I was so lucky that I moved out when I was 16 and sort of like came to London and did a lot of like self-discovery and all of that kind of stuff away from home and then I sort of felt like I was in a position that I feel like I was very sort of stubborn about um sort of like coming out or anything like Mm -hmm. that in in general because I was just like I don't I think it's more so, um, yeah, that like sort of being outside of a very specific box. Mm. And I think I all, I always had an issue with like the amount of times my mum on a regular basis would be like, oh, you gay?" Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. it's either one or the yeah, or the other. Exactly. There's nothing sort of in between that, and because literally for the sole reason that you're not bringing boys home, yeah. So yeah. it must mean this yeah, other thing, and this yeah. other thing yeah. is something that's like like a secret that you need to or this big deal that you need to like sort of share Mm. with me and and come out with that. I think I've got really stubborn sort of about, I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not yeah. going to give yeah. you what yeah. you want. Your satisfaction. Literally, yeah. I think yeah. that angsty teenager yeah. being like,
0: nope, nope, nope. Can- I mean, mm-hmm. obviously until actually, then she- I have no sexuality. <laughs> yeah, actually, what can that mean? I literally, <laughs> <laughs> can we please just yeah. not? You know, until yeah. then, you know, she it's was like, are dating a girl or a woman, yeah. So,
1: you know. Yeah. Um, but I
2: think for me as well, because I was playing football up in the Wirral, um, like, Tramia away And oh, in the gosh. football, yeah. I was playing for Tramia Rovers. And in the football community, obviously... For women, there's a lot more women who identify as lesbian, bisexual. I don't know why, I think there's some studies out there on it, like, like I don't know, I was reading a book about it, it's quite interesting, about like, the, if you're growing up around boys when you're playing football as a girl from that generation, there's like, theories that like, the environment that you're in could actually like, increase the chances of you being into girls, but that's a different study and a different story. But what i'm trying to say That's is interesting. yeah 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 because i wasn't i wasn't open about my sexuality until really like well told my mom and then i went to uni and kind of was just like not really sure because i was i'd just always been focusing on football and science and there was all these girls who were like open about their sexuality whereas when you go back to chester it was all white and straight and like yeah. nobody was anything or the people that did come out would be like quite loud about it and they'd be a specific specific type of person who, I don't know, was very vibrant and would always like carry their flags around with them. Mm. And I remember this girl came out um, in school and then the girls in the P were just like, I'm not getting changed in front of her, she's <gasps> a lesbian. But I think it's changing a lot better because I remember one time when I was seven, I was in the car with my mum and nan and I said the word gay and they were both like, <gasps> I was like, what did I like they hushed it and i tell them about that we're like no we didn't i was like you did stuck with me mentally for many years
0: that's in here
2: yeah you did that yeah whereas like i've got a little cousin who's eight and like we were talking about like sexuality like completely openly and he's like oh my my friends at school's got two mums and he's like it's kind of cool i wish i had two mums like and i was like yeah that's what it should be but
1: when we were growing up in school it was just hush hush Mm. Yeah. it was not a thing or it was made such a big deal and mm. especially I think that's really interesting that you pointed out about the whole um the the vibrancy and the mm. and the sort of being um it's like so unquestionably like l- larger than life and out there mm. I think yeah I think there's it's it can often be like daunting mm. to know that you have to like be that like picture of that and yeah. then or you know you can get to those points as well and I think yeah if we're not having to um, prescribe to individual sort of groups and boxes it obviously would be easier but because that is the way Ooh. that the world has been up until a point, to be able to identify with something mm. that makes you feel so like at mm. home and within a group can also be really great. Yeah. So it's re- it's like such a fine line, yeah. I think, knowing that you yeah. have like a community that you can be a part of and then yeah. but then not want to be yeah. like in, in all the boxes. I think I like
2: that's why I kinda like the word queer as well. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't really use it for myself. I always see it as a bit American for some reason. But like I think that kind of encompasses like, you know, a, a broader umbrella yeah. of like like definitions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's why it's harder for the older generation to comprehend on the principle that they, you know, they're like, I don't understand. And my nan would be like, there weren't bisexual people in my day. I was like, yes, because it was illegal, nan. <laughs> you think they're walking down the street being like, look at me. And she was like, oh, I don't know all these terms. But she's pretty good. She's pretty good. She's like, oh, if you just love somebody, you'll love somebody. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, big up Frida. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Frida! Yeah, yeah. So
2: cute. Yeah, so, so nice. basically, the difficult conversation was just like mm. dealing with my mum kind of using it, I don't know, as hot gossip. Mm. Kind
0: of. It's interesting as well, though, that she kind of linked your sexuality to how you express yourself through clothes yeah, and fashion. That kind
2: of really because annoys there me. There were loads
0: of really femme gay women. Exactly. Mm. And she says she said that the other day actually
2: when I was at home she was like you never look right in dresses I'm like what does that even mean she's like well you just didn't I was like I don't understand how you think that in order to be a lesbian you or or buy or like you know be into women as a cis or trans woman um, you have to fit into like looking slightly masculine I think she's very big on heteronormative roles within her relationships with people, Mm. like, she's kind of come up with, like, oh, I like it when my boyfriend fixes the fence and I
1: cook the dinner. And I'm like, I'll fix the fence and cook the dinner. Like, it doesn't... Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think it's, yeah, I think it's a very generational thing, sort of, like, mm. binary, very, very much Mm. binary roles within that.
2: And, like, I, I kind of, for so many years in my head, was, like, um... You know, I never thought of like these binary roles as being a thing because I kind of just had it that I'll probably just end up with a woman. Mm. But I recently dated a guy, and like he had very heteronormative views on the stuff, and I was like, This is exactly why I can't <laughs> be doing this.
1: Yeah, so your second conversation that you brought to us was you're trying to explain to your friends when you were about 14 um, that sport was more important to you than. <laughs> perhaps their friendship no, and did you, you say it like did that? you say <laughs> you don't matter anymore i like sports i like running more than you <laughs> well, it, it was actually football
2: um so anyway, this is how it went so like in my high school there wasn't really a group of people that i ever like explicitly f- fitted in with like i just like science and football and the girls liked one direction and then partying and then i was like oh. yeah like mm-hmm. it, i was like yeah this is not my crowd um I did make some friends later on, um, but when I was about fourteen, I had this group of friends who like very good on Note beyond the, the on beyond music, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sparkling water pouring, mm-hmm. uh, I had this group of friends who I, I shouldn't have been friends with them. Let's be honest; like they were just trash people. Oh. Um, but we had this sleepover one time. It was like on a Friday at this girl's house, like kind of down the road from me, but. I was playing football for Tramia Rovers and like it was my whole life. Can
1: I just point out that Tramir is like my dance team? Oh, I love <laughs> it. We got friends in. Woo, woo, woo. Just so <laughs> to let you know. That's so fucking cute. <laughs> yeah, that's so Shout cool. out to
0: Steve. I really love Steve. He loves Steve. Steve's <laughs> legend. Shout out
1: to Tramia Rovers ladies' team because hey, they're hey. my favourite team ever. Yes, Tramia
2: Rovers. But I can't ladies. play football anymore because of my knee injury, but we move. Um, <laughs> anyway, so back to the story and I they had to sleep over and I couldn't sleep over because I had my football match and you had to be it was like kicking off at like 9.30 in Liverpool on a Saturday so mm. um, I was like I'll just get a good night's sleep yep. and mm. go home and the, one of the girls was so offended by the fact that I wasn't sleeping over even though I stayed for dinner and stayed till like 8pm mm. she turned around and goes what do you prefer more football or friends and I just go football and she was like uh, yeah. And, and, I was like, like, drop, okay. <laughs> and they're like Mike drop okay and then i can't believe you said that and they fell out with me for like two weeks and i was like it doesn't bother me does it because i just told you my football was more important i think it was more the fact that my football was more important than that group of friends not the fact that my football was more important than every friend that yeah, i had having a friend. because also the girls in my football team were like my best friends who i saw like three times a week as well but also mm.
0: if your friends were really your friends they'd they would have supported that. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, before an audition, it's gets mm. yeah, better. Like, you do the prep that you need to. Mm, yeah. Like, you deal with the warming up at six in the morning. Like, that's yeah. just what we do. Like, yeah. it's, more it's more important. But,
2: also, we're 14 years old, so I understand that their frontal lobe hadn't fully developed yet, so
0: they couldn't hey, I, it. Yeah. I know that yeah, because yeah. in Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> they, they <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> accidentally nicked a tumour there and it was mm-hmm. terrible. They lost their whole personality. Yeah, I was I just like, mm-hmm. like
2: yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, but I think my relationship with sport my whole life has been very important. It's been something which has kept me grounded and like kept me disciplined. And without it, I think I'd be a whole different person. So it's kind of like an extension of who I am. Like my identity is sport. Like it's been running, it's been football. So I wouldn't, I'd never change that. And if somebody asked me now, what's more important? Like it still is very important for me. Like it's up there because without it, I'd be... I don't know I get emotional without running
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah that's really interesting because I think with what we do like we spoke we've spoke about this um on another episode but like your passion Mm. and and what you obviously we're fortunate enough to do what we want to do as sort of a um like career or what we do every day and passion and that thing is so closely linked that it is really difficult mm. to like separate the fact that it's like a job or the fact that it
0: is something like so intrinsically um part of you yeah and it's i feel like a lot of people in what we do they're like they're like you know but your career isn't everything i'm mm. like but i know mm. but also it is mm, like exactly. this period of time has been horrific because mm. everything we've ever aspired to doesn't mm, exist exactly mm. like theaters don't run and that's never happened like i don't mm. think that's happened since the war Shows have been running eight yeah. shows a week yeah. since, like, World War II. I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, the, the shows never stopped. Mm. And they've literally stopped. And yeah, the it's shows go on.
2: But apart from coronavirus. Yeah, times. yeah,
1: this is so true.
2: Mm. It's uh, hard.
1: Um, When I feel like I just sat up for a question and then my mind just yeah. went flat.
0: <laughs> wow, that was a lot. Please go. No, I was just going <laughs> to ask you, like, what's the prep like for, like, a running event?
2: It depends what type of running event. So, like, at uni, I I, I went from playing for Tranmere Rovers and went to Cambridge United football, uh, the ladies football team. And I think because I'd been at Tranmere for so long and it was, like, this weird northern banter and, like, it was my home, like, I just didn't enjoy the vibes of new dynamic, new people. Like, they're all great, but it just didn't resonate with me. It was what I was used to. I was like, I don't understand southern banter. They're not funny. Um, <laughs> and not and, true yeah, and, uh, <laughs> it's not bath, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: not bath. Yeah. where is there an art in yeah. bath Barf. It's like, sorry, it does exist yeah, no, <laughs> so, like,
2: I, I was like and I, I'd always been into long distance running like, I did like the race for life when I was like 11 and, and did really good and got into like regionals for like cross country so I was always like a little running whippet, um, but then went into football and then wasn't really into football as much in Cambridge so took up track and started doing 100 and 200 meters mm. sprints. And the prep for races like that, it's like 40 minute warm up. It consists of like, you know, um, dynamic stretching, kind of like a little bit of plyometrics, hops and skips, um, like activating yourself like that and speaking to your coach and doing your drills ready to run. You have to be, you know, it's an explosive event. Um, but then I then went for a football trial as soon as I came down to London and I hadn't been playing football for like two years and I did like something with the ball and I ruptured my ACL, like completely oh, ruptured. Oh And mm. it, it, the thing was, my knee didn't dislocate or anything and I just felt so loose and I was like, this isn't right. And like, I tried to jump and my whole knee buckled and then they were just like, yeah, you, um, you won't be able to run. For like might not ever be able to run if you don't get an operation, and I was like, oh my god, um, nah. an operation. yeah. Anyway, so then I had the MRI. Me and my coach, I had a really great, I have a really great coach, big up Ben. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be running at all. We assumed before my MRI that it was a um, just an LCL like grade two tear where it'd come back together. Yeah, and then I got my results, and he was like, yeah, you've got no ligament which stabilizes your knee, so you can't run. And I was like, I ran 16K yesterday, what are you talking about? Like, it was fine, like, because we just went in with such a positive mindset, and there was such a long distance dif- distance between the injury and, like, results, that we just started getting myself, like, in the gym again. And, <gasps> oh my goodness, terrifying. Yeah, I know, and we work from there, and I've never had the op, and, like, last year I... You never had it? No, I didn't have the op. I was able, through, like, current oh. research, it's actually... You don't always have to get the operation if you can like stabilize and strengthen the the supporting muscles around the knee. Um, so what do you? Because of, so because the ligaments I assume yeah. cushion. So this ligament stabilizes. So any forward and backwards movements, fine. It's the left and right. So skiing, football, trampolining, where your knee might turn. Mm. I've got nothing to support Dance. that. But back and forwards, I'm perfectly fine. So I can go run like half a half marathon and stuff like that. Um, and it's fine. So I did it in the March last year, and then June I had a to coast relay with my team Tempo. Um, it's a two hundred and eighty-kilometer relay race across the Netherlands for like for twenty-four hours, and
0: awesome. that was great. Um, that sounds amazing. But yeah, the press... Did you get the night shift? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd be <been> raging. <laughs> yeah, um, I
2: got my first run was at one in the morning. It was nine kilometers, and it was I had like a map. And I had a head torch and I was in the dark and it was kind of stressful. <laughs> and then I hurt my knee in a, a lorry car park at like two in the morning playing with a mega howler. Um, like you, one of those things where you throw it okay. and it whistles and, yeah. and my knee just went <gasps> and, and, and i
1: was like oh, this,
2: is, this, is, this is not good and then I ran at 11am with my knee like this big for like 16k and it was so hard why I was, oh. do you do this? <laughs> I don't know just like didn't want to let my team down anyway we're all oh. good out here like you oh, know God. I still have a quite unstable knee but we're, we're constantly working on it I think it'll probably be maybe another 18 months before,
0: like, I feel fully comfortable with it. Okay, so, um, on to the final, the final difficult conversation, Mm. which is explaining to your boss that you couldn't come to work because of period pains. Mm. Um, do you want to take it away? Um,
2: yeah, so, my periods had never been good. Like, I started quite late, and always had issues, they were really heavy. Um, and this is before I got diagnosed with endometriosis, um, so this was like last year and this manager just had it in for me. I was working in hospitality. I was working in central London where we were serving coffees to the man in suits and mm-hmm. you know, flat whites are life, skinny,
0: extra hot, flat white with oat milk and people asking for extra hot. Mm-hmm. And drives mm-hmm. me insane. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to burn the milk? Exactly. They're like, this is <laughs> a hot Very uh, Marisa yeah,
2: life. They're like, I want it wet, but I want it extra hot. I'm like, do you know how hard it is not to get air in the milk anyway? <laughs> um... <laughs> So, this manager, this was her life, her vocation, her passion, her soul, and I understand that that was her thing, but she also has to understand that people working places like that are also got many other things going on because yeah. they're trying to work on other stuff, especially in the creative industry. Yeah. Um, and i just finished uni, i moved to London, and I was still figuring out what I wanted to do, and I couldn't commit myself to anything but needed to have income, and she just didn't like me one I, I talk a lot and so she always thought I was unfocused but I'd always get the job job done and you know I, I hate am, that when know. people think that you can't like multitask I'm yeah, yeah. like
1: I can yeah. I'm having a wonderful conversation exactly. over here and everything you yeah. so me to do
2: is done I think she had just issues in her own life which she kind of resented me for having such like a Personal life, myself. Yeah. Um, she like refused. She refused for me to go to Switzerland on like a running trip because apparently there was no holidays, even though I saw that there was holidays. And I was like, well, I'll just leave then. So yeah. I just left. But I called up, uh, or it was the day before, and I was like, you know what? This is going to be a bad one. I can just tell. Mm-hmm. And I called up, and she was like, well, everybody has periods, and I was like. Hun, you you're a woman. Like, I wouldn't even expect you to be like this as a woman.
1: Yeah.
2: And I was like, secondly, I can come in, yeah. But if you want me to lie on the floor all day and bleed where your customers are because it's super bloody heavy. And she was like, this is unprofessional. And I was like, no, you're being unprofessional because this isn't a case of, um, you know, me being able to physically work. Like, I'm physically in so much pain that I'm almost passing out and I'm calling you to tell you. Anyway, so this was like the Friday. And for me, sometimes I just have one really bad day where I can't do anything. On the Saturday, I had a running event. And I... I went running because obviously sport also alleviates like pain and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I come in on the Monday and my manager goes, "You weren't that bad. You went running at the weekend." And I was like, "Why? How does she even have my Instagram?" Like, I is that how she found out? Yeah, through my Instagram stories. And and I I was like, I swear I blocked her account, like in general, because I just didn't want. I she was bad energy anyway.
0: Is there a business account that maybe she would... Probably, probably.
2: But also,
1: why why would you do that? Why would you go out of your way to call someone out yeah. for something that they're literally telling yeah, you? Yeah. I'm I'm experiencing
2: this. Yeah. Please, can
1: you cut me some slack? And that yeah, and it's not really sense.
2: hard. That was really hard because, like, obviously my periods happen every month. So, like, every month there'll be a day where I'm, like, can't come in. Mm. Like, especially when you're working five or six days a week in the city mm. to be able to afford rent. I was working like a dog. I was working, like, 50 hours a week at a coffee shop just mm. to pay it because I was living in Borough. And, I mean... I would never do it ever again, but I'm grateful that I worked so hard and, Mm. like, you know, slaved away. But I think then it's... Periods are always seen as a taboo topic in, like, society forever. You know, look at women throughout time just thrown into mental institutes for hysteria and stuff like that because they're having periods. And it's just, like... It's crazy, Um, especially as a black woman... um, I, I was so bad in my periods in January that I had to get taken to hospital. And I was bleeding so much to the point where I my lips went blue. And I oh guess, yeah, I, I went to the wow. hospital and the lady at reception at first was like, you're, you shouldn't be coming here if you're having just a period. And I was like, you can literally see I'm dripping off my trousers with blood. Like literally has to sit on a the towel. Then they took more bloods. And then I had this white male doctor, and obviously because I'd done biomed at uni, I knew like the symptoms of shock. I knew that I definitely was anemic. I was literally Mm -hmm. white and like I looked green. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Am I? Am I blood? Is my blood count low? Am I anemic?" He's like, "No, you're fine." They gave me tranexamic acid, which I found out from my friend whose dinner I went to yesterday, who's a midwife, Mm -hmm. that that's the stuff they give just before they have to give. A blood transfusion, and they keep them in. But they sent me home, and I was still registered at a doctors in Cambridge from mm. uni. And I was trying to get into the doctors around my area, and if they were all on a training day, I was like, classic—the day that I decide to die. Is the day that the, <laughs> oh yeah. My gosh. So by this point, we've been trolling around all the doctors in southeast, and I spoke to my friend at the time, and I couldn't even say one sentence without being out of breath. Like I just ran, and they were like, right, straight back to the hospital, Here we go. I was having heart palpitations and Christ. I get to the hospital, they're like, We're gonna take more blood, and my friend was like, You cannot take more blood from her. She's literally white. Um, anyway, then I had this female, um, I think she said she was Indian, Indian doctor, and she pulled up my blood and she was like, I don't understand why they didn't keep you in yesterday. If you lost any more blood, you'd have needed a blood transfusion. And I was like, I even asked him if I was anemic and he said no, and she was like, That's so wrong. And like if I'd have continued to lose blood or not been given those tablets, I could have like had a cardiac arrest. And they finally sent me over for tests, but you know this was after pushing and pushing because they just didn't believe that I had any problems. Um, what? Yeah, like
0: it's t- health professionals' job to advocate for your health. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I've been
1: reading in recent times, like just because you yeah. you know you mentioned it about studies that people are doing now. Um, uh, a young a young doctor has sort of put together. A, a, an essay collection and, and, a, and a sort of book on sort of symptoms and um yeah symptoms and and things that are shown in black people and people mm. of color mm. that because the and obviously I mean mm. you will know more mm. about this than me but this is just my sort of general level research um because the curriculum and the like medical uh, information is so white and mm. so whitewashed and that is basically all of the mm. studies that are done that you know, people with, with symptoms that aren't ca- like categorised as the norm or the yeah. thing that is usually represented. Yeah. I don't know, do you think that that was... That's definitely something. And as well,
2: they took my blood pressure and my heart rate and mm-hmm. they were like, it's all fine. And I was like, yeah, it might be all fine. And I was too ill at the time, but I was thinking, I run so much, I'm super fit. Mm-hmm. So what your normal heart rate is, is probably really high for what my normal resting heart, heart rate and yeah. blood pressure is. Um, so, like, they don't consider stuff like that. They just, I don't know, it's almost like they're ignorant to it. It's like there's a calculation to calculate how much of a certain substance to give the people on dialysis. Yeah. And the it's done, like, unlike for kidney transplants. And basically, the constant that is used, because they assume that black people had a certain level of, I can't remember what it was, in their blood, which was higher than white people, there'd be less black people eligible for kidney transplants and white people because of this conversion. They use a certain different constant number. Oh my goodness, that's so fucked up. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. But, yeah. But the fact that you went into mm. a hospital mm. and you, well, I mean, mm. whether, whether what you were experiencing was as serious as mm. it was or not, the fact that obviously you have mm. the knowledge and you have mm. the information and you were literally providing mm. it to them and also mm. were like, I mm. am evidently very poorly. Yeah. And yeah. that they didn't
0: just believe yeah. you, I think is... I think... For another woman as well like mm. your boss to not yes. be empathetic yeah but yeah.
1: well, I had a question here that yeah. was like were you in a male dominant space or was your boss male which is a massive yeah. assumption on yeah. on my part but the, yeah. I think the fact that she was another woman yeah. and didn't yeah. appreciate and understand that a, that's why well. I wanted to bring it up as well because
2: I was like maybe she's one of those very fortunate women that has a period doesn't get period pains is very light and just gets on with it and like, that's a very small
0: amount of people. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really lucky. I, yeah. I My period, and I've am on a. I've got a coil now as well, yeah. so it makes it even lighter. So yeah. I've got a two to three day, maybe four day period. It's yeah. light, and I've got maybe a day of pain, but it's... Yeah, oh gosh, that's I, so good. I mean, I,
1: get, I had a really bad... I think, I basically think, I, I don't know what I have, and I do need to go to the yeah. doctors, but basically on Saturday, it was the day oh, that, that I got bad. my period. And I get it sometimes, and I think it is a combination between... Maybe a bit of anemia, maybe slightly fluctuating yeah. the blood pressure or like yeah. sugar, blood, yeah. sorry, blood sugar levels, and something to do with the start of my period. But I literally end up on like the floor, sweating, yeah. Yeah. Um, like shaking. Kind of don't really know what to do with myself, and yeah, it's very Hello. odd. Mm-hmm. But I'm right up the on
0: the floor like, please bring some little with sugar. With I was like, Water beans. sugar,
1: parasite <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that is literally mm-hmm. what I feel like. Oh my god. I feel like a bee that has just stung someone, that's mm-hmm. the only way I can describe it. I was yeah. like, please get water, lots of sugar, a couple of paracetamol and some ice. Yeah. So I probably should go and get yeah. that checked out. But
0: it's
2: hard though because you're such a, in such a in life, in such a male dominated society that when you're trying to compete with other people like especially if it was career-based like if you're having to have one day off every month like obviously things are changing now people are working from home especially after coronavirus if you add that up over time like that's a lot and Mm. you don't have time for that but at the same time you're not given the right like you know i had a friend who just tried to go to the doctors about all of her issues which is definitely to do with like her reproductive system and they just shut it down and she was like, am I stupid? And I was like, no, they just make you feel stupid because I don't know why. They just see it as not as a severe thing and it, it's so
0: debilitating. It's because I feel like society has led us to expect pain yeah, as exactly. women, oh, but yeah. that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. like It really frustrates me when people, there's that idea when people go, oh, like it'll hurt the first mm. time you have penetrative sex, mm. but don't worry about it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's like, mm, no, that's not correct. Yeah, exactly. Like you are being forceful and yeah. all plays a thing yeah like exactly. don't <laughs> yeah don't set an expectation that the experience of being a woman is an experience of some level of pain exactly
2: yeah, yeah it's hard and like now with my endometriosis I'm, i mean i went on birth control to control my periods at university and i had it for like two weeks and got like so many nosebleeds that they took me off they're like yeah you could have a stroke if you keep on this so i was like yeah stop Wow. Um, so like for endometriosis you can have like hormonal control i'm actually going to the hospital next week to like speak to the gynecologist which has been put back because of coronavirus mm. um but in the meantime i obviously i learned about it at uni but in order to basically if you don't know what endometriosis is sorry it's the um excessive buildup of the endometrial cells which come away when you have your period like the shedding of the lining of your womb And now, when oestrogen is secreted, there's receptors on there which cause, like, inflammation and pain. So, like, that can lead to, like, chronic pain and excessive bleed... Not chronic pain, like, intense pain and excessive bleeding. And it can be in the lining of your womb, your fallopian tubes, your ovaries, and it can even um like um move into other cells in your body like mm. that was basically yeah well. exactly. so i've got it in my fingers actually i don't know if you can see slightly there they're slightly like redder than this one oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah so that flares up sometimes and i can't bend them um but to control it you should stop eating meat so i stopped eating meat you shouldn't drink alcohol um <laughs> lockdown's been hard because sometimes <laughs> you've just been like fuck it i'm having a beer um, and you shouldn't have caffeine. General
0: period pain. Yeah, Gin. Gin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was
2: like, it's gonna be a bad one this month. Um, but um, it's you know, I'm glad that at the age of 23, I've been able to be diagnosed with it because it can also affect fertility and like obviously that's something for the future. But if I was just to continue for so long and neglect my body, not that I neglect my body already, like I'm very healthy as an individual, like if the cells build up you might have to have an operation to like remove the cells and it can right. be quite invasive and can cause damage to your womb which you know if i found this out at 33 and that like, was really bad i could have like you know
0: affected my fertility chances so yeah my mum had endometriosis and it's yeah. genetic genetic isn't it yeah um and i don't think i mean i don't have any symptoms mm. of it yeah um I'm not sure if is my it, sister does but. is
1: it true that it can be sort of um a sort of like an instance of trauma can be a trigger and then that can sort of bring it on even if you don't realize you have symptoms is yeah, that right yeah
2: you can also have that but you can also if you have a baby it can stop
1: ah uh-huh. yeah
2: after your first child it can stop is that because of the hormones yeah hormone changes uh-huh. and stuff wow
0: but it's really hard to get pregnant. My was like,
2: there you go, solution. I was like, Are you looking after this child? Because I'm trying to deal with my
0: own life. Yeah. <laughs> like, actually, a couple of days of pain, <laughs> yeah. a or of a life change, <laughs> yeah. or a lifetime of <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> a
1: year of like not sleeping <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. And lifetime of yeah. responsibility. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's emotional. Pain. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or yeah. if not adoption and regret, yes. like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bone marrow it, transplants that can now happen for like same I don't know if yeah, it can actually happen, yeah. but the research on the fact that bone we marrow can yeah, the bone marrow can be cultivated into sort of like immature sperm kind of yeah. replica for people I mean? of in same sex. Relationship. I mean, for the women, it's gonna make more, more females, females. Yeah, of like, chromosomes. Like, I was like, no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> we don't.
0: Where's me my bone marrow? We don't need men. they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just gonna become irrelevant. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's what I literally read an article that was that was like that said is becoming... bone marrow going to make <laughs> men? I, extinct. <laughs> oh, no, <extinct. laughs> okay, much. I remember
2: when men existed. <laughs> <laughs> agree. Back in 2020, <laughs> it was all bad until men disappeared
1: <laughs> a thousand <laughs> years ago when toxic masculinity
2: was
0: wiped off the face. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mom, what's a toxic masculinity?
2: Something you'll never have to deal with. <laughs> 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 we need to stop him. You're just gonna lose all of
1: your men. <laughs> oh, I know. Shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not all men. Yeah. Please yeah. keep yeah. listening. Oh, we love you. I I mean, that's such a fantastic
0: thing to kind of like put into like public space and just mm. being like like I want like women as we, to be able to say as well like mm. I mean like I was on a job recently mm. um and I was lucky that I had like some fantastic male members of the company who mm. also it helps that they kind of were a bit older so mm. they've all got I mean I hate that it's like they've got wives and daughters because mm-hmm. I shouldn't validate them but they've got experience with yeah. living with women like yeah um, and, like, I had a day in rehearsals where I was like, oh, my goodness, my, like, one of the, my colleagues came up to me and was like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just having mm. that period of pain mm. today. And he was like, oh, like, do you want me to get you some paracetamol? Mm. Mm. That's really Like, good. do you know what I mean? You should, you should be able to yeah. say that. Because if you, someone was like, oh, you're right, you're like, like, yeah, I just got give a headache. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's what you used to say. But in my new job, when I was working in January, I was going for all the tests for endometriosis when it was really bad. I literally messaged my manager and was like, I can't come in because of this. And he was so great. But mm. it, it was a different job. It was a career almost. So, like, they respect you as an individual. So if like, do you need anything? Do you need any of us to come with you to the hospital? Like, oh. they were so understanding. And I was like, wow, it's really fine. And I under—I get what you're saying about, like, older men having that experience. But I think there's less of a stigma in today's society, especially, like, men our age in the early 20s. Like, my two of my guy friends took me to the hospital on separate days they were perfectly fine about it whereas I know, like, my dad and that, like, and that it would be a bit like, oh, gosh, that's a bit awkward, but, mm. like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if I asked my, yeah. dad, my dad, sure dad, he would have come yeah. to the hospital, yeah, legend, but, but no. then I found out that my dad was discussing my endometriosis with his brother on the phone, and me and my sister were trying to rack our heads <laughs> imagining that conversation, because, like, they'd be like, yeah, so Monique's got some issues, you know, like, you know, and then he, could, he called me up and was like, Monique. I spoke to Uncle Clifton and Sherelle, my cousin, she's got the same, you know, you know, with your your, your lady issues. And I was <laughs> like, how did they even exchange conversation? Was it just like telepathic? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no words were yeah. said. Yeah.
0: And they're like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Some issues with her womb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh, wow. So funny.
1: That's a lot.
0: Oh, life. Yeah. Oh, mate, thank you so much for bringing this conversation you so to you. you. But it's so
1: true, I think. Yeah, mm. I think I have not Especially women just mm. talk about stuff because I reckon mm. if you're the female boss that wasn't particularly helpful mm. when you had to have that day off, mm. I'm sure if these conversations, I'm not, yeah. I'm not condoning like her no. behaviour, but I'm sure if these conversations were happening, which is obviously mm. the purpose of this podcast, but I'm sure if those conversations were happening more mm. and that people were talking about it, it would become less like taboo. We do have one. Fa- I do have one final question oh, yeah, that yeah, I yeah. want to ask. Yeah, is that uh, would <sighs> So, obviously, with those three difficult conversations, we move, things happen, we come out of them, but would you have done anything differently if you were to have had those conversations again? Anyone in particular? Just, Um, yeah. I think... Or not. I think the only one would be the first question Mm -hmm. when I came out to
2: my mum, I think... I mean, it was fine, but if I was to do anything different, I maybe would have gone to uni for a term and then come back and said stuff. Like, where I was more settled in, like, a family or something like that. Mm. Um, But apart from that, I'd have always said that my football was more important. Um, Mm. My manager was just a temporary person in my life that I had to deal with. She wasn't of any significance. yeah. And I probably wouldn't want to bump into her ever again, but, Mm. you know... Also, what can you do in that situation? Exactly, what can I do? Yeah. No, so, yeah, just maybe... I think I dealt with them at the time of my current life experience and the current situations that I've been in, in as well as I could have. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, yeah. It. that's interesting. Mon, thank you so much for coming on <laughs> yeah. Open House. It's thank been you. amazing, it's been and awesome. I'm so glad we got olives because they really made my day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm really glad that this has happened. Thank but you honestly, so thank much you for having me. It's been emotional. It's
1: been, been a <laughs> <It's been laughs> ride. Right. so much. Oh. <laughs> If you have enjoyed our podcast yes. and our lovely chat with Mon, um, please do rate, review, subscribe,
0: um, and obviously tell everybody how wonderful we are. Yeah, because it helps everyone find the podcast and we want those ratings to go up 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 up, 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 up so that other people can find all the amazing content. Exactly. Boom. But thank you so much to Mon and for everybody for listening. Right. Bye. 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 <laughs> This has been Open House with Mel Lowe and Clancy Ryan. Music by Glenn Clark.